Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. The prodigal son, that's going to be kind of the foundation for our talk today. And I'm I'm, I'm pumped to be here today. I want to get this message out because I'll tell you, Satan does not want this message out. He does not want to be exposed. He does not want us to address this gorilla in the room. Josh, thank you for your bravery and, and sharing your story. I'm going to ask that you would share this on your timeline as well. I know it's awkward. I know it's uncomfortable. At the same time, this isn't the 800-pound gorilla in the room. No. This is the 800-pound gorilla that sits in our pocket. For some of us, it is tormenting us. And I want us to be free today. I don't want to guilt you today. All right, I'm going to attack this thing. I want to hit it straight on. I've been praying that you and I, that we can be honest today. I want us to be honest um, and to be truthful, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to guilt you on all this stuff either. Um, I want. To, I remember uh, back in my youth ministry days, we went on a ski trip, and this was actually a conversation um, where my wife was was nearby. There was a couple of teenagers, some teen guys, and they were sitting in the back, and they said, uh, the one said to the other, they asked the question like, "Hey, are are you circumcised?" And they're like, "What? What?" And yeah, I I I think I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. And then one of them, he was kind of confused, and he he called out to up to Rita's like Rita um he wanted to know what was what was circumcision and Rita could hear the other guy as he was asking that question like dude that's something you google man (laughs) and so that's something that Rita and I have always stuck with us like dude that's something you you google I feel like this is an area where the church has been silent for for many of us it was something that we Googled or from, for many of us, because we didn't have anyone talking to us about this or helping us navigate. Like some of us got our, our uh, training on sexuality from our sixth grade friends. And that is a bad place to, to learn how God views this. Okay. So I want to be honest. I want to expose this to the light at the same time. I don't want to guilt you. I want you to know that from the start, no matter where you've been, no matter where you are, no matter what you looked at last night, I'm not here to guilt you because I want you to see the story of the prodigal son. I don't want you to feel better, though. I I want you um, to be free. And to be free, we got to be honest. And Jesus said it like this. He said, um, you will know the truth. You will know the truth and that truth will set you free. That's what I want for you today. In order to know the truth, we have to be honest. At the same time, I want you to be free, which means we're going to work on a plan towards freedom. So I have two goals today, to be honest and get you a plan and taking some next steps. And we ask the question, we ask the question as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I saw some of you guys was like architect, athlete, veterinarian, a Navy pilot, an artist, an astronaut. As a youth pastor, I would often ask teenagers, um, you know, you know, what do they want to be when they grow up? Or I'd ask the question, hey, how many of you, when you grow up, you want to get married one day? And they're, you know, almost 
almost all of them were like, yes, I do. I want, I want to get married. But here's, here's the thing that no matter in all my years of, of ministry or no matter who you talk to when they're a kid, nobody says, hey, I want to get married. I want to, before I get married though, I want to get addicted. All right. I mean, like really addicted. I want to become a slave to lustful images and bring that into my marriage. All right. I want to destroy my spiritual confidence. I want to destroy my witness. I want to, you know what? When we get into marriage, I really want to betray my spouse, crush my kids. I want to trade all that I value in life. I want to get fired, everything. So I can pursue these selfish lusts. Nobody ever says that. And I don't say that to guilt you if any of those things have happened to you, not in the least. What I'm saying is almost nobody has a plan to avoid those things. These things are common. If you are not dealing with it yourself, chances are you know somebody who is, and if you don't, you there, I guarantee you all of us, 100% of us have to deal with this thing called sexuality and how do we navigate these pursuits. Today we're talking about pornography and I want to get us a plan. I want us to be free and I want to get us a plan. And the first thing I want to talk about three truths and then four steps. All right. Three truths, kind of four steps here. And I want to show you some statistics because it's all it's all around us here. So let me bring this let me bring this screen up here. All right. These are this is from 2016, about the latest that I could get. And the first truth I want you to know is that you're not alone, okay? Satan wants you to think that you are all alone in this. No, squash that lie from the start. We are. This is a battle that many of us face, but we don't talk about it because, and rightfully so, we bring it up and the shame comes or you get outcast or you get rejected or there's consequences to those things. And there may be consequences, but all that to say, I want you to squash this lie that, that Satan says that you're all alone. 40 million Americans are regular visitors to porn sites. So that would be in the category of at least once per month where they're seeking this out. Pornography collectively makes more than the NFL, NBA, and MLB combined. Or you could take the uh, uh, ABC, NBC, and CBS. It makes more. This industry is billions and billions of dollars. 47% of families indicate that pornography is a problem in their home. Porn use increases the marital infidelity rate more than 300%. Let me just, let me just um, burst your bubble here, okay? 11, the average age of the first intake of pornography, 11, 94% of children will see porn by the age of 14. If you have given your child a phone, their own phone with unrestricted access, I'm going to say 99.95%. That's just me, Mike Break. They've seen it, okay? It is, it's, it's there. 56% of American divorces indicate one party having had an obsessive interest in pornography. Why don't we talk about this in the church? Maybe an indicator here. 21% of youth pastors, 14% of pastors admit that they currently struggle with pornography. 71% of, of young adults and 50% of teens come across porn 
once a month, whether they're seeking it or not. It's, it's, uh, it's solicited. Like you're not looking for it. It comes looking for you. This gorilla does not care. It comes looking for you. 71% of adults and 85% of teens and young adults who view pornography, they're not looking at it through a magazine anymore. It is online videos. All that to say, I point all that out just to say, you can take the statistics and whatever you want. I just want to say you're not alone in this battle. Satan wants to think you to think that you are all by yourself. Now, Becky, you said these are sad statistics. They are. That's why I wanted to share them. I wanted to open our eyes a little bit. But there's so much hope. Like, porn doesn't have to win. And Satan would make you think you're all alone. There is no hope. And you can win today. You can win in this battle. The second thing that you need to do, if we're being honest and we're being truthful, you admit that you're not alone in this, admit it's a problem. Like, we have to identify this thing for what it is. It's sin. And Jesus, um, well, actually, one of the other stats said, this was from young adults, it said 32% say viewing porn is usually or always wrong. 32% of, of young adults in the United States say it's wrong. Recycling, if you ask that same group in this same study, 56% said recycling. If you don't recycle, that was wrong. So recycling was, in a sense, worse, viewed worse than viewing porn. All that to say, we got to admit it's a problem. Here's what Jesus said. Here's what Jesus said, okay? Not what Mike Brake said, what Jesus said. He says, you've heard the commandment that says, don't commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks, right? Jesus raises the standard. He says, even one who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It, it originates beyond, before the physical. It originates within us. And Jesus called it out as sin. It is sin. What is sin? It is a perversion of whatever God created for good. A different version. It is not real life. And you, this is one thing you need to know. Like, this idea that God created sex, it was good. Married people, you would say amen to that. All right, God created sex, it was meant for good. Satan twisted it, humanity twisted it, perverted it into something that it wasn't, and it perverted it, and it's called sin. And we got we to call it out for what it is. Um, and then thirdly, we need to know we need to know this truth that it's harmful. This is a silent killer in relationships. The lie would say, well, I'm only hurting myself. But the reality is you got to deal with some realities when you're talking about uh, pornography and porn use in the industry is that it objectifies women. It objectifies men. It does not see them, as we've talked about in the past several weeks, as someone who is created in the image of God. No, it creates them as an object. You have to recognize that the porn industry, and Tara, I saw you on here earlier. I don't know if you're, gonna, if you're still hanging with us. I hope you are. But we're, we're going to have an, an interview because porn contributes to the sex trafficking industry. And so it actually helps contribute to that. It also supports what we live in right now is a rape culture. Think about, you just think about the progression 
of your own experience in dealing with this issue. And for most of us, the progression went from a thought. I, I thought about something, something sparked in your mind, something sparked in your heart. But then you saw a photo. And then after a while, a photo, it didn't, it didn't quite capture the senses. And then you saw video. And then video turned into not enough. It didn't satisfy. And then it goes into reality and where you go start seeking these experiences out. It, and it, it, it creates a, a culture to where it gets more intense and more, more, more violent the more it goes on, the more it intensifies in this temptation. It also affects your brain. I want you to re, uh, see this quote from an article that I, I wrote. This will be in the toolkit. So at any time, if you put in toolkits into the comments, I'm going to send you links to these articles, to these studies, and you can determine your own conclusions off of them. But it says men's exposure to sexually explicit materials correlated to social anxiety, depression, low motivation, erectile dysfunction, uh, concentration problems, and negative self-perceptions in terms of physical appearance and sexual functioning, okay? And I'm just gonna I take a quick time out here. I'm talking a lot to guys because I'm a guy. It's not to say that women do not struggle with this because they do. I'm just coming at this from the angle of what I know, like the in-group that I'm in. So I'm gonna apologize um, uh, in advance if you're like, well, what, what about the women? Well, I'm, I'm just coming from my angle on, on this, but I think it relates a lot um, to, to both. This also, this thing, it also, it har it's harmful not only to others, but yourself and your brain. Because when it starts doing this, you start rewiring your brain. You're like, when, when I need to escape or when I need pleasure, I go to this and you like it, all right? You like it. And so whenever anxiety comes, whenever um, all of these things come and this was your hit, this was your thing that you went to, your brain starts connecting the dots and say, this is the compartment that we go to. And so you start to isolate yourself. You know, you compartmentalize things and say, well, I'm going to set, start, sin separates you from God. But even in your brain, it's like, I don't go to God for help on this. I go to porn for this. And you got to understand what it does to your brain. And it separates you from others. The harm that this does in our relationship, it is a secret killer, a silent killer in relationships. And we got to be honest about this because something that you do in secret eventually, eventually leaves you there, sitting there with just me, myself, and I. All by yourself. A silent killer allows you to slowly kill you. So how do we fight? How do we fight pornography? I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote um, a theologian, a great theologian. His name was Stephen Castell. And Stephen Castell once said, we got to ask better questions. How do we fight this thing? At, let's ask some better questions rather than how do we fight it? Because <laughs> right now in my yard right now, uh, gophers are everywhere. They're my enemy. For the past 17 years, 
gophers are destroying my yard. Doesn't matter where I live in Los Alamos. Anybody with me? Anyone want to give me an AM? A- amen. <laughs> gophers, they're everywhere. I see them. They pop up. And as soon as I, I can kill one, maybe with a pill or, or something like that, I've never been able to trap them. As soon as they, they die off or something, um, about two or three weeks later, they pop up again. And then like just a couple of weeks ago, I called an exterminator and it's, it was awesome. I got some help. I need some help. Come and help me with this problem. And now they're starting, even though they went away for a couple of weeks, now it's starting to creep up again. And I feel like that's a lot of us when we struggle with pornography. It's like, man, I tried this. I tried this. I tried this. How do I fight this thing? Because I keep fighting and I keep losing. And these gophers just keep popping up. And I remember someone said, there's probably worms or some sort of substance in your yard that is attracting, that is creating the environments for the gophers to thrive. There's something deeper going on underneath. And I can be fighting things at the surface level, or I can look and see that there is a deeper root issue. Jesus said, Jesus said, he's like, you've already committed adultery with her in your heart. And I want to ask better questions. And the one question One of the questions, but one of the big ones that Jesus was just like pounding in me that he wanted me to ask you is, what are you searching for? When you go to look for pornography, what are you searching for? Do the hard work and search for what you are searching for. What is, what's the real truth? Why do you, you got to ask your quest, ask this question. Why do you look at pornography? And you say, well, the obvious reasons for arousal. Like if she would, then I wouldn't. Or maybe it's just a, a board. Maybe it's, there's curiosity. Women for, for a lot of the stats that say, why do women look at porn? It was out of curiosity. It was maybe more out of educational. Why? But. I would say there's something even deeper underneath that to, to look at. There's something underneath to go. It, you, it meets a need. You wouldn't go to it if it wasn't meeting a need of yours. What is that need? You know, for a lot of marriage relationships, it can be in this, well, if, if, if she would, then I wouldn't. And if you start to dig underneath, what, what is that? What are you really wanting? And for a lot of us, not for everyone, everyone's going to have a different answer, which is why you need to go to Jesus and let him do some work in you. What are you searching for? Because some of us, a lot of us, it's intimacy. Yeah, I, I want to have sex with my wife, but really what I'm looking for is connection. Intimacy. But you also know, hey, when I expose myself, when I'm a little bit vulnerable, I'm also open to rejection and I don't handle rejection very well. So maybe what I'm searching for is acceptance. And I go to this because when I open myself up, I get rejected. And so I will go away from that. What are you searching for? Maybe it's not your pornography issue. Maybe you have a relationship where you flirt. And so you're having inappropriate conversations either online or in person. What are you searching for? 
maybe you're like, when I'm in that moment, I'm not searching for relationship or connection. You know, I just like to win. I like to conquer. I, I like the the pursuit and the the, the 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 all the emotions and adrenaline that go along with that. What are you searching for underneath? It's like you know what? I just want to be respected. I I like the pursuit. I like to win. I like to flirt because I want to be feel significant in my life. See, if you can ask the right question. And if you can really figure out when you're searching for something, what are you searching for? I'm, I'm searching for, I need connection. That's actually what I'm really, I'm searching for acceptance, but I, I don't feel like I get it here. So I go somewhere else. I'm, I'm searching for um, significance. What, when you can understand what that is, and it takes some hard work to figure that out, now you can start working with this from a solid foundation. And I will say this, if you put in toolkit, all right, I'll give you some resources because this is the this is like counseling, okay? Celebrate recovery, great resource. That can help. There's going to be a lot of different resources for, for each one of us. You might need to see a counselor who can help you work through some of these dark areas. But Jesus wanted me to ask you today, what is it that you're searching for? Because here's the deal. If you don't figure this one out, you may conquer pornography, but it will still manifest itself in some other way. The heart is still there. This has to be solved with the gospel, the power of the gospel. So, hey, great. You, you conquered the world and you, you beat pornography, but your heart is still deceitful and it manifests itself in another area now. I want to fix the heart. I want to fix the thing underneath. And Jesus said, what are you searching for? When the young man, when the young man, he became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good. He lusted after that stuff. And no one gave him anything. And he finally, he came to his senses. He looked underneath. He woke up. And he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants had enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. Translation, what he was looking for, the thing he was searching for, didn't satisfy. It left him empty. And I don't care if your addiction is pornography. I don't care if it's alcohol. I don't care if it's some sort of eating disorder or any other thing. They left him empty. And you know this because it's never enough. What are you searching for? And this was the starting point. This was the catalyst for him to come home, to find the way home. He says, I will go home. I will go home to my father, my father. And I'm going to say, I've sinned against you. I sinned against you in heaven. The way home, the way home. Step number two, we would say, come clean, get it out, confess. I'm telling you today, don't come clean, come dirty. Don't get yourself all cleaned up in his mess. He says, ah, I've been going the wrong way. The way home is to get it out with God and don't clean yourself up. 
You don't have to keep secrets. Your secrets have been killing you your whole life. I think one of the biggest and best things that you can do to overcome pornography, because I think a lot of it, a lot of it, the foundation, again, it could be different for other people, a lot of it comes down to connection. A lot of it comes down to real, true connection and community. And guys, while you may be seeking that in, a, in your spouse or in, in, a, in, in, the, in, in someone else, yes, there's connection with God. But I would say you, can, you find that in with a group of guys. When you, when you have a group of guys that have healthy relationships, healthy, godly, positive friendships and community happen, you're going to see a lot of freedom. You're going to see that that pull from, from pornography is, you know, I don't need that because I have connection. I have community. I have acceptance. Come dirty <laughs> because God already knows. God already knows. Here's what James says. James, the brother of Jesus, he, he says it like this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I'm not saying confess it to everybody. Don't blast it out here on, on, on Facebook. Hey, look at it. Find some trusted friends who you can open up with. You want forgiveness. God gives you forgiveness. You want healing. James says very clearly, confess to others. You need to find that community and find that connection if you want to find some healing. You're like, hey, Mike, should I confess to my spouse? I've been doing this for so long. It's a secret. It's killing me. Should I confess to my spouse? And I'm going to put that back on you. You probably already know the answer to that. And the longer you've been hiding that secret, I would say you probably need a counselor. Very seriously, you probably need a counselor to help you walk through and navigate that conversation. Not to manipulate, but just to help you walk through what's going to be a very difficult but probably very necessary conversation that you need to take. If you need help, reach out to me and I'll, I'll try to get you in touch with somebody who can help, who helps navigate these conversations. But James says very clearly, this sort of stuff, oh, it loves the dark. It does not want to be exposed in the light. The shame grows in the dark. The pain intensifies in the dark. And it says, you want to ha have healing, confess and bring it out. The way home is to come dirty. Don't come clean. Step three, create margin. If you want to beat this temptation, not only do you ask the right questions, not only do you uh, um, come dirty, get it out, but you're going to have to create some margin. First Corinthians chapter six says, flee. Not flirt. You can put that in the, in the comments. Flee. Don't flirt with sexual immorality. Run away. Run, Forrest, run. All other sins a person commits are outside his body, but see the harm it does. Whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. It allows you to slowly kill you. 
And there's another scripture, I don't know the address, where we get it tripped up. We say, God will never give you more than you can handle. That's not in the Bible. What's in the Bible is he'll never tempt you more than you can handle. And I'm going to tell you, you want to be able to defeat temptations, then you create margin. Get yourself some distance between you and that temptation. I mean, nobody ever says, hey, how close can I get to an alligator and put my arm for it before you think it's going to chop my arm off? No, when we sense danger, when we sense harm, we create margin and distance. But for some reason, when it comes to sex and sexuality and pornography, we're like, well, how close, how far is too far? How close can I get without really hurting myself? And I'm telling you, he says, flee, run, get away, get yourself some distance. So what does that look like? I don't know what that's going to look like for you because everybody's temptation is different. But Jesus is very clear, like, get away from this stuff. So for some of you, that means you're going to need to cut the TV, cut cut dish, cut direct TV. For some of you, it's this guy right here. You know what? Your company, if you ask for a dumb phone, say, hey, I, I want to downgrade. I don't want to upgrade. I want to downgrade. I know Apple 12 just came out. It looks awesome. But I'm going to just downgrade to a flip phone. And they might look at you funny, but I'd rather take a funny look from a customer service agent than than something that's going to destroy me or destroy the relationships that I love. For some of you, it might be that you got to cut your phone. Maybe it's cutting the internet. Maybe you need to, when you're feeling the temptation, you have that connection, you call somebody. Maybe it's, I'm not going to go on travel alone. I'm not going to go on any business trips alone. Or if I have a, if I'm going to stay in a room, I'm going to figure out to have a, a way to have a roommate. I don't, I don't know what that is for you on how you're going to create margin, but you got to figure out the areas that trigger the temptation that are super strong. Maybe you got to put on a podcast, like listen to a sermon. You're like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'm going to, you can listen to me. That would seem kind of weird, but find a, dev, a different pastor or podcast or something where you're listening to sermons or you're listening to the Bible on audio or something like that. That's going to help you. Another one is just get out of the in room. Get out of the room, get out of the house, get out of the environment. Just physically get up and distance yourself from that space. Create margin, fight this battle. But just that in and of itself won't be enough. The fourth one, (laughs) this is what it comes down to. The fourth one, do you really trust Jesus's version of this story? I told you from the beginning, we could, we could do all the trips, tips, and tricks and techniques to overcome this, but without the power of the gospel, and this is what I want you to see in this, without the power of the gospel, this, this doesn't mean much. Can you imagine the confusion of the, the, the son who's coming back home? <laughs> I've sinned against God. I've totally destroyed the relationship. I've lost everything. I'm going to go back and I'm going to apologize and I'll work and I'll be the slave. He's rehearsed this scene already in his head and he starts to apologize father i've sinned against you in heaven and i'm no longer worthy to be called your son and you would think in that scene the father runs up and in his anger and in his rage he comes to the kid and he hears him and he decks him and he looks at him while he's on the ground and he kicks him while he's down and he's like dad i'm sorry i'm sorry dad and he's like, you should be sorry. You, you've embarrassed me. You've embarrassed our family. You are worthless. 
and pathetic. And every time you come back and show your face here, I'm going to remind you of exactly what you've done. I don't know about you, but praise Jesus. He told a different version of the story. Come on, give me a fire emoji. Give me an amen. Because so many of us, we are so wrapped up in our identity, in our past. We, some of us, we still have the smell on our breath from last night. And you feel so disappointed in yourself. You feel so unloved. You feel so unworthy. You hate yourself. And some of us, we are going so far in this season, you're, the only way out is suicide. I want to tell you, Jesus told a different version of the story. And do you believe it? Because he looked at him and he said, I love you. From a far way off, it says, he saw him, which means he was looking for his son. And he ran to him. He loved him. He had such joy and eagerness. And he hugged him. And he kissed him. I remember my son when he was little, <laughs> Charlie, he would want to give me a hug, the daddy hug. And I would say, Charlie, do you want a you want big hug or little hug? Big hug or little hug? He's like, big hug, daddy. He's running, just grip me as hard as he could. Jesus is not intimidated by your filth. He is not intimidated by your grossness. And you have been torturing yourself for too long on this. This right here is a picture of a, what the crucifixion cross really looked like. You don't have to torture yourself anymore because Jesus in his version of the story, he was tortured. He was wounded, he bled, and he died for your sin and mine. Do you see the picture that Jesus is telling in this story? The father, he goes on and he says, um, let me see if I have it. He says, quick, bring the finest robe to the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and his sandals for his feet. Let's throw a party. Go to Party City. Get all the stuff and we're having a party together. The robe indicated his identity, his position. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are my child. The ring, the ring that he put on him. He's like, no, you have significance. That significance you are looking for. You have significance. You are my ambassador. Who you are, this is what you need to know. If you're dealing with pornography, who you are is not based on what you do. You are made in the image of God. He knows what you're, he's, he is with you in your addiction. He sees it, he knows it, and he still loves you. Would you just come home today? Accept how much God loves you in this moment, even in your filth. The sandals, get the sandals on because 
this is luxury. The sandals meant luxury. You're not a slave. You are free. This story shows that you are fully accepted, even in your filth. Don't torture yourself anymore because Jesus, he paid the price. He was tortured on the cross for your sin and my sin. This whole thing, whatever addiction you're dealing with today, is rooted in grace. It is rooted in the gospel. No matter how scandalous you have been, this is where it rubs. This is where we don't like this for some of us because we've been burned by somebody. I want to tell you something. Grace is just as scandalous today as it was back then. No matter how scandalous you've been, grace is even more scandalous. The most scandalous person in the story was not the young man, was not the son. It was the father who gave grace freely. Because grace, like God's bad at math. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And yet it's there for everybody. And so I want to ask the question, what do you need from God today? What's, that's the question. What do you need from him today? Ask him. Do you need a friend? Do you need connection? Ask God for it. Do you need a counselor? Like, I need to find a counselor and I need to dig deep and I need to talk to some of these about some of these things. What do you need? Do you need forgiveness? He's offering it. He's going to offer it to you. Do you need salvation? Do you need acceptance? Do you need hope? Do you need significance? Because God turns graves into gardens. Nothing is so dead that it cannot be resurrected by God. What do you need from God today? And I know what a lot of us want. We're like, I don't want any consequences. I want to come dirty. I want to be able to share. I don't want consequences. No, there, there might be consequences for sin. But I don't want you to be more afraid of your consequences than you are of confession and being free. What are you searching for? Come dirty. Create margin and trust Jesus's version of the story that you are fully loved, fully accepted. You have significance. Your story is not over. Josh, I'm so thankful for your story because your story, <laughs> it frees up other people. There's hope. Pornography does not have to win. Jesus never said it would be easy. The consequences may be there, but the trip to the cross was not easy, but it provided freedom. It came at a huge cost. And some of you right now, I can tell right now, you're fighting this. In your head, you're fighting this. You're like, I just make a deal with God, right? You know, God, if, you, if you'll just do this, then I'll stop. And I don't, I don't want to go through this hard road. I want to take some of these hard steps. You know, and I'm telling you, Jesus already made the deal. It's, it, there's no better deal than, than complete forgiveness. His part is done. We just need to make him Lord of our life. And freedom follows. This is the freedom that's being offered today. And it's much better than the life of secrecy that is heaped with chains and shame that you're wearing right now. It is better 
than the life that you're living where you're like, I want to raise my hands to Jesus and worship, but gosh, I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to accept it. This is a better deal than the condemnation that you are living in because Jesus says very clearly in, in Romans 8, 1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't, want to, I don't want to give you tips and gimmicks. I want to give you Jesus today. Your freedom will be found in him. And I'll end it with this. Freedom in our world, in our world, is usually attributed with the absence of something. I'm free from alcohol. I'm free from pornography. I'm free from this or that. In scripture, freedom is the presence of something. Then you will know the truth. And that truth will set you free. Truth's not a what. Truth is a who. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's offering that to everyone today. So would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Let's pray this together. Jesus, Thank you for today. I don't know who this message is for. I don't know what battles we are facing today, but I pray that first and foremost, we come dirty to you, open and honest and saying, this is it. I pray that we came with an open heart for you to look underneath the surface and say, what is it that we're searching for in our life that we are so willing to reject your presence and turn to this, knowing that it will never satisfy. Show us that. Point that out in us. Jesus, on our way home, show us how much you love us and accept us. Help us to know what areas we need to create margin in. And we trust that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. For some of you, as you continue to pray right now, God has been calling you to say, you know what? I've never been the Lord of, of your life. He's letting you know it's you're coming home today. Today's your homecoming party. And he wants a relationship with you. Would you give your life to him today? He'll willingly forgive you of all your sin. And he'll give you freedom and he'll give you direction. The sin and the temptation will still be there. The sin will be there in the sense that, hey, I still got to deal with it. You are going to be forgiven fully and spend eternity with him. You just got to make him Lord of your life. You repent. You're going to change your mind towards this today. Repent. Is, I'm just going to change my mind. I'm going to turn. I'm going to live for Jesus instead of living my own way. It has not satisfied. It has not fulfilled. And you realize that today. And you see that Jesus wants a relationship with you. It's the whole reason he came. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.